Hello, and welcome back to Brand Week, the podcast. My name is Al Manorino, and I'm the senior producer of the Ad Week Podcast Network. To close out day one of Brand Week 2022, we were honored to be joined by acclaimed producer, musician, and this year's Ad Week brand visionary, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell embodies the art of being a successful leader when it comes to cultivating successful brands. With his undeniable talent, steady eye on current social issues, and genuine curiosity about the people in the world around him, Williams has established himself as a confident and gracious figure. On today's episode, you will hear from Pharrell in conversation with Adweek's creative and inclusion editor, Shannon Miller, as they discuss his personal and professional accomplishments across the various genres of music, fashion, and philanthropy, and how his own brand development process keeps him excited and inspired. We hope you enjoy this session from Brand Week 2022 and come back every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes leading up to our Brand Week Europe event happening this November 9th and 10th. Thank you, and please enjoy this special Brand Week conversation. Hello, welcome to Brand Week. I'm Shannon Miller, the Creative and Inclusion Editor here at Adweek. And as a Florida native, welcome to our great state. It is very wet and humid. I'm sorry. Also, you're welcome, however you feel about that. So <laughs> I am extremely excited to bring our next very special guest. Not that he needs an introduction, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Just rock with me for a little bit. He is a 13-time Grammy winner a 2019 Producer of the Year recipient, as well as an Academy Award and Golden Globe nominee. In 2020, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame for his work with the Neptunes, who we all have to be Neptunes fans at this point. You have no choice uh, beyond music. He is a businessman and a philanthropist, and he is working to actively cultivate a better future for marginalized communities and creatives. I am thrilled to welcome our next very special guest, Pharrell Williams. Thank you. I am so thrilled that you could take time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Um, you have a lot going on, so let's just dive right into it. What a room, though. Wow. I, it's a full room. This is a full room. <laughs> Thank you. This is going to be good. So you, <laughs> you have a very extensive history in music. Uh, was there a particular aha moment that you had in your career where you realized it was time to expand your branding beyond music? No. <laughs> and that is because I think I've always been very ambitious and not cautiously ambitious, but just like ambitiously ambitious because I, all throughout this entire time, I could not believe that I was able to experience the the uh, opportunities that I've been given and the rooms that I got in and the conversations that I was able to have. So for me, it's like, oh, man, it could end tomorrow. So I just kind of like go. And so I all man, I should have a song called Aha, where that's just the chorus because it just kept happening. Like, OK, wow. OK. And I think <laughs> and I think if if I ever were to have something very close to an aha moment, it was, oh, this is what it feels like. You know, OK, well, I would like to do this, too. And I've always known that like music has always been like the skeleton key that's opened every door for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I remain very loyal to music and I, re I also remain very, very loyal to my curiosity. I think everybody should be that way, though, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The minute you stop being curious, you're, you're dead. It's over. Yeah, it's incredible how you can sort of just follow a thread, mm -hmm. even the tiniest thread, mm -hmm. and it can lead to something extraordinary. 
which I am very excited to talk about that extraordinary bit later. But uh, a lot of your partnerships appear to reflect your natural interests, whether you're talking about fashion or the skincare line that you dropped during uh, the pandemic, uh, human race. Mm-hmm. So you, when it comes to personal passions, it can get really complicated when you fold that into business. For you, is there a determining factor for when it's time to bring the personal with the business? Or, and is there something that maybe stops you? From- well, you know what? I have, um, it's really weird. I don't know how you guys feel when you hear your voice, but my voice over, <laughs> a, I call I it, Voicemail. Well, thank you. But I call it voicemail <laughs> syndrome. Does anybody in here like your voice on voicemail? How's that feel? <laughs> Just know I'm going through this right now. <laughs> um, uh, I think for me, I have experimented like every other musician in our position. We get opportunities all the time. Hey, do you want to invest in this? Hey, my friend has this. Do you want to be a part of that? And you do some of these things. Some of these things are like cool investments. Other times are just like very serious learning lessons of just like a waste of time and a waste of like, you know, your greatest currency, which is um, your space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after a while, I would only do things that really meant something to me. I would only do things that like I could be inspired to do because it was a solve for something that I was personally going through. Um, my whole ethos is, you know, I'm inspired by that which is missing. I like to spend my time there. Because in my mind, if you do that, then 50% of your job is done. The other 50% is making it undeniable. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know to move on. <laughs> Going through just your presence in both music and the branding space, you, it seems like there's nothing that you do that is for strictly for self. There's, there seems to be like a a philanthropic or community tie Mm -hmm. in a lot of what you do. There's, um, you have yellow and of course black ambition, um, you know, and that's not necessarily anything that a public figure has to do, but it's always interesting to hear about what drives someone to, um, expand and do for others. Um, so as a visible artist, what do you feel is your responsibility to the communities that you serve? Um, I think we all have um, um, an individual responsibility as, as individuals in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not feel like you have a responsibility, but you do. And I think, you know, you sort of have to pick and choose because you can't do everything. Um, I think what's been important to me is education, first and foremost, because, you know, the system will have you think that if you're not like um, primarily a graphemic learner, then you're um, you have a learning disability and you are lesser than. Um, but as far as I know, most Fortune 500 CEOs um, a lot of times are dyslexic. A lot of times um, they will have some of these issues, but for whatever reason, they are hypervigilant and they are like incredible pluralists and multitaskers. And somehow the education that they needed or the experience that they needed to get them in those places reached them in the internet intersection of how they processed information. So for me, it was like we created Yellow and it's a 501c3 for anybody that wants to get involved. 
just saying. Um, and uh, for us, it was like, you know what, let's meet the child in the intersection of how they process information. And then once we determine through an assessment program that's based on modalities, submodalities, let's create curriculum for the way that person's brain works. And I guarantee you, you will not have kids slipping through the cracks of like this conventional educational system. Mm. You know, our whole, thank you. Um, our whole, uh, you know, our whole ethos is even the odds, you know? Um, so education is very important to me. And then the other thing um, is, is very important is that when you think about, you know, uh, black America, for example, you know, we're less than 13% of the, uh, of the population here out of 340 or so million Americans, we are north of 30 million. And you, you wonder why we have so much influence in the arts and entertainment, but there's just not the same kind of, you know, um, weight in wealth mm -hmm. and ownership. And that is because we don't own enough in this country. And so we started Black Ambition um, because we wanted to create more opportunities for African-Americans, black and brown people in the country to have, you know, not, we don't, everybody doesn't need a seat at your table. Sometimes we just need our own table, right? you know? And so our whole thing is, you know, if you ask, you know, the less than two to 3% uh, private equity and VC founders, who are of color, what are the greatest, you know, uh, what is the greatest struggle for them? It's not capital, because capital's hard, but now it's in vogue to invest in the black folks now. So that's, thank God. <laughs> but it's, that's just not the issue. The issue is mentorship. And so what we do is we not only invest in these startups, but we also give them that strategic scaffolding to make sure that they have um, the mentorship that they need. It's just like giving like a 12 year old who wants to drive like, you know, a Lamborghini. It's like you're going to crash it. Yeah. So how many great ideas that these 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 young founders have, but they just they were. I mean, you might have a great idea, but that doesn't mean you're a good CEO or COO. Right. So you need that mentorship. Someone to take a look at your idea to say that's a good idea, but this is what you need. And here's the group that you're going to need to get started. And it's largely in part partnership with um, HBCU. So mm. we felt like that's the most fertile ground to find, you know, the real true seeds of the future. Fantastic. And it's really great to hear um, you speak about infrastructure. Yes. Um, the, you know, having the capital, having the financials in place is great, but, you know, without that leadership or that insight, mm -hmm. it's either money sitting there or money gone. So it's, it's great to hear you talk about, you know, making sure that those foundation foundational elements mm -hmm. are, are really there. Um, I also really love hearing you just talk about going for something when you have an idea and you feel passionate enough going for it. Yes. That can also lead to a lot of challenges and stumbles. I'm wondering if there was ever a particular challenge that taught you something new about your own creative process. Yeah, as I said before, there are like a couple of failed uh, attempts in business entrepreneurship where, you know, you're just doing it because you see that there's a hole in the market, but it's not really near and dear to me personally. It's just like, oh, this is low hanging fruit. And it might be for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to be on the front line and put your blood, sweat and tears, and that's what it takes like to start a company, get it going, 
and like have it have like uh, real wings and real legs. It needs to be something that's near and dear to your process, near and dear to your life that you can speak about. And someone wake you up at four o'clock in the morning and you're going to answer the, que- the question correctly mm. because it's it's in you and it's a part of your process. Um, that, was, that was one of the greatest lessons. It's like our opportunities come all the time. And I think um, for me, no is so much more important than yes, because all those no's make the, the one yes super special. And that's when you begin to bet correctly. We'll be right back with more Brand Week, the podcast after these messages. So in our industry, we talk a lot about authenticity, almost so much to the point where now the word is a little bit nebulous. Mm-hmm. Like it's this very all encompassing thing. And when you sort of dig deeper, some people really don't know what it is. <laughs> so for you, when it comes to fostering relationships, whether it's with brands or with the community that you're trying to serve, what does authenticity in that moment mean to you? Well, authenticity is what I walk in with. And authenticity is what I, I expect in any brand or corporation that I'm working with. Or if they do not have that, I expect that they are on that journey to find themselves. So a lot of times corporations get caught up in like, you know, the quotas, they get caught up in like the, the, the earnings and, and the growth. But man, there's a lot of ways that you can get growth, but it's not necessarily good for your company and won't necessarily age well. I'm not interested in that. I'm just not. Man, we should be using brands to toe in change on a social level and, and even with business practices. If you're not if you if you don't want to do that. You're part of the problem because you're probably you're probably one of those companies that has, you know, you know, as part of a group that's lobbying for things to make, you know, things easier on you from a fiscal point of view. But you're not caring about sort of societal side effects that you're you're causing. I don't want anything to do with that. All money isn't good because I'm here to make money. I'm going to be very clear with you right now. (laughs) You know, I don't even want to have a conversation. Listen, we have struggled and done so much for free mm. you are going to pay me and anyone <laughs> and anyone that is around me we want to get paid just like you do fridays mean a whole lot more than the day between thursday and saturday mm-hmm. we want to be paid and we want to own so that's a very um good takeaway pay us <laughs> <laughs> And it also brings uh, me to a really exciting moment in this chat. So you, this, this is a really exciting moment for you. Yes. Um, it's my understanding that you are ready to reveal an important venture that will plant you further mm-hmm. in the branding space. So my question to you is, what is Mighty Dream? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> Mighty Dream first and foremost, is from a Langston Hughes uh, poem where he talked about a mighty dream. And if you think about it, you know, not only as African-Americans, but at any, you know, quote unquote, marginalized community, man, we all have these mighty dreams. And for us, um, the way that you get to achieving a mighty dream is to realize first there is something missing and there needs to be there's something missing. So there's, therefore there's a problem. And then there needs to be a solve. And that's what we want to be. 
We want to be a creative advocacy agency that brings about and begets solutions. And so not just, you know, because I think the societal change that I referred to earlier is super important, but also, you know, a creative advocacy agency that also leads to policy changes. Mm. Like think about it. Think about all the issues that we have, not just as black people, but even white people. It's not, you know, listen, white women, it ain't Roe v. Wade. They didn't care about you. They didn't exempt you from that. And I love humans. So I'm just not like I'm not against the white straight male. I have a lot of white straight male friends, like really dear friends. I'm not saying that what I am talking about is the status quo, Mm. you know, to hide behind a lot of, you know, the racism. Now they're like very sophisticated with it. You know, you know, they don't say the N word, but they will definitely hit you with the fine print. You read that fine print, you're like, wow, this is pretty much geared to a certain group, a demographic. Mm-hmm. And for us, we want to show them, listen, we, we're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. But I bet if I could get you to stop thinking about red or blue. And even in some instances, black or white and get you to focus on green. Mm-hmm. I bet you might like what it is that we have to say. Because that's where it is. Policy change, it's got to be equitable for everybody. So when you hear us talk about diversity, you know what that means. When you hear us talk about inclusion, you know what that means. But making things equitable, not just for us, but for you too. You are leaving so much money on the table with these fine print racist practices, not only through your uh, employees, but also through your consumer base. And that's what we want to do. We want to show, we want to bring solutions that like enlighten people to realize there is a greater, more culturally enlightening and richening and fiscally smarter way of doing business. Equity works for everybody. Yes. Yes. So with that in mind, we have a ballroom full of today and tomorrow's um, brightest brand stars and and, and marketing aces. Mm -hmm. So this is a really great opportunity to uh, really foster a moment of knowledge. Is there a particular challenge that you would like to issue to this room that they can take with them going forward to build a better industry? Oh, man. Well, some of the it's some of the things that we're working on. Right. We're we're, we're working on like concepts for predatory loans. Um, um, wait, let me do y'all mind. I just want to. This is important to me. I want you to hear this. It's like super important. It's OK to clap. Um, you know, uh, mental health, which is super important, uh, food deserts, education, um, health, and also the iniquities that, that come along with that. Like we want not only you guys, but that's what it is that we're working on at Mighty Dream. Seriously. And, and this is a very, very, very powerful room, right? Because this is a room that understands that through the power of like brands and the ads, you can change people's perceptions. And if you change their perception, no, you can change their perspective. And once you change their perspective, then you will in turn change their perceptions. Um, 
I also want to say, too, it's what, what also is very important, too, for you guys to understand that it was a black woman that gave me this opportunity. Mm. A woman by the name of Lisa Ross. She's the CEO, first of her kind in the communications uh, sector. And she's the CEO of Edelman. And, you know, she presented this opportunity to me. And how could I not turn it down? It was both of us using our brands for something bigger than ourselves. Mm. So I just want to say, you know, you should know that. Um, and what we're going to do is crazy. I, I have a question for this room. Do you feel, do you agree with me that there's more money on a table when we start to look at things not in red and blue and even sometimes black and white, but we make things about green. If you agree with that, stand up. <laughs> now you can sit, but I want to tell you something. The reason why I asked you to do that is so you can see why this room is that powerful. You're willing to stand for something. You're willing to stand for something. This is what we need. We need people who are willing to stand for something. You ask me if there's something I want you to do. I want you to stand for something and really be willing to stand behind it. In my culture, we say if something's important to us, we stand on it. You just did that. We need to find more people like you to enter these rooms and change these minds so they can understand. Doesn't matter if a person is trans, black or white, short, tall. We need you. I think, I think that's just, it's, perfect. it's just, it's important for where we are right now in our country. And you might feel funny about a different demographic, but if you look at what's going on in legislation, you know, there is definitely size and I'm not about size, but they are controlling who gets hired at the school boards. They're controlling who gets hired at the city attorney levels on the state attorney levels. And all of a sudden you're starting to see things that you're having to advertise against and brand against put into legislation. This is why we need the political advocacy and the social change that will come from Mighty Dream and your help. I am so excited. <laughs> and last but not least, because I know we got to go and we got like two minutes left. I just want to let you guys know as a, as a, as a creative advocacy agency, we are not playing any games. In fact, we are having our second conference in Norfolk, Virginia, from November 1st to the 3rd, and we'll have some of the world's biggest financial institutions on there. We had a lot of them last year. We had something to the tune of $13 trillion on stage. Um, and these are, you know, last year we had BlackRock, we had Aries Capital, we had KKR, we had SoftBank, and they were all there talking about how important diversity, equity, and inclusion is to, you know, um, to business and to the future of business. But this year it's going to be, that was one, that was one um, night last year and it was called Elephant in the Room. But for us, this is so much bigger. If you think about it, um, having something that feels like the World Economic Forum in Norfolk, Virginia, to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that is a mighty dream. So please come join us. Now I'm shutting up. <laughs>
fantastic. <laughs> we talk so much about um, taking, you know, branding and, and advertising, marketing, and all of that to the next level, going mm-hmm. beyond the product and really getting to the person. And Mighty Dream really sounds like something that's ready to just elevate our industry to the next level to make an an actual difference. So I am so excited to follow this journey. Thank you. And I'm really excited to see what comes from it. And I'm really um, thankful that you were able to share that with us here at Brand Week. Thank you. It means quite a bit to us. Thank you. And yes, no one wants to hear me talk for longer, but. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) But before we let you go, um, we wanted to take a look a little bit at your branding journey. So. That's always awkward, by the way. <laughs> it's always, you know, when they introduce you, they're like, oh, he's done this and he's done that. I'm telling you, it feels like, oh, wait. What I got to be on stage with you. <laughs> I mean, this is why I took the job. Well, thank you. Did well, they not I, tell this, you that? This is one long voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so uh, 10 years ago, uh, Adweek's editors created an accolade called the Brand Visionary, as we saw the lovely cover. It is um, to recognize individuals who leverage their fame in order to uh, create more opportunities and achievements uh, that extend to the community and to the branding space. So it is my honor to <laughs> award on behalf of Adweek uh, for Well Williams the 2022 Brand Visionary Award. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Whoa. And Pharrell Adweek will stand with you and stand on it when it comes to Mighty Dream. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amazing. You can, if you want, you can. No, 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 no. Um, just, I, I guess. Thank you, beautiful. Man, this is, uh, <laughs> this is a mighty dream. <laughs> and uh, we'll see everyone in here ready to get to work and ready to hear some great conferences and hear some good music, eat some good cuisine. We'll see you on November 1st to the 3rd in Norfolk, Virginia. Focus on the green. Thank you. So that's it. Thank you for listening to Brand Week, the podcast, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino and John Heil. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. <laughs>